Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favor and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this After Lodge banter. Welcome to episode 286 of the After Lodge podcast. This is After Lodge Harlan. Joined. No, wait. No, I'm not. Um, hey, y'all, Bruce had a baby. Yeah, Bruce did the reproduce. Yeah. Um, so what happens when milkmen get a package? Does it, does it, does it come on a truck like in... Uh, no. Anyway, uh, Bruce isn't here because, well, he has a new baby, so... Not only is he not showing with us, but uh, he's not sleeping, I'd imagine, either. So, uh, instead, you get Chuck and Sir John. Which means oh, you get fear. Yep. Because Bruce is not sleeping so much that even Jamie decided not to come. <laughs> to be fair, Jamie's probably just getting out of his lodge meeting now and will probably call. Because usually he'll call from his car. We'll see him drive home. Yeah, and see yeah. him take two just ginormous hits of whatever he's got floating around his house up in Canada. Yeah, he'll he'll be hopping up on a bunch of gummies and other things. <laughs> well, it's been a uh, it's been a few weeks since we convened our our small caucus around the after lodge table, and many months since you've posted a podcast. Well, I, it depends on how you want to measure posted. There was another one that went out like last week um but it's a little dated so your, your point is made <clears throat> stop beating the dead horse we know the shows are late so <laughs> we're doing masonry we beat the dead horses yeah um, where are we good at it it's been uh some things happened since then uh, namely we had grand lodge so that was that was fun um back in person Pretending that nothing ever happened uh, it, with thousands of people packed into the uh, the big hotel where we do this. Um, pretty unexciting as far as Grand Lodge goes. Uh, besides, you know, being reunited with my brethren for better or for worse in some cases. Uh, <laughs> the You know, the hallway chats at Grand Lodge are always... Uplifting and depressing at the same time, depending on which conversation you get pulled into. Uh, but it was so uneventful that uh, the Tuesday morning of Grand Lodge had a court date I couldn't get out of. But, you know, it was done at 930 in the morning. So I got back up to the hotel at about 10 o'clock thinking I was going to make it in time for, you know, elections and grand representatives and all that stuff. I'm walking into the convention area 
and I walk into the sea of my brethren exiting the facility because they're they're done. Like Grand Lodge is over, and I thought, well, that that was quick. So then we went for our usual tradition of the uh, the local pizza buffet that John knows so well, except the uh, the good one, not the one we took him to. And oh, that one, yeah. Forgot that. We don't do buffets in the uh, pandemic era. So another tradition crushed. Uh, we went anyway and ordered a giant pizza and it took two hours to get it and eat it and pay for it uh, because staff shortages. There's one poor lady in the entire restaurant, bussing tables, seating people, tending the bar, taking orders, bringing out orders. Just one woman entire restaurant um so that was how i ended up owing our treasurer money because when we got the bill we didn't want everybody running their cards because we'd be there for another two hours so we just made a big pile of money on the table except the only guy that had enough cash was our treasurer who was more than happy to lend it at uh rather strict terms so i just got him paid for and um at our past master society, which was the other thing that happened. Um, our past master society moves from lodge to lodge. Does yours do that? Like, you know, every time they meet, they're at a different lodge. Maybe. Um, for the district. Yes. Oh, for the district. So we, we've just got one that's for like this half of the state. Um, it bounces around quite a bit, but they're booked up usually about five years in advance. So about five years ago, uh, our treasurer and I thought it would be funny to volunteer our lodge. And then we forgot about it. And then it was our turn. So we, we uh, remembered a couple months ago when someone called to ask about uh, logistics. And we're like, wait, what are you talking about? So we got that put together and had a big thing Saturday. It was nice. I gave the treasurer his money, so he has stopped uh, leaving dead mice on my front porch. <laughs> and um, that was also uneventful. It's been very uneventful. So I'm sure you guys have been having some uneventful masonry too. Yeah, my grand law session, we voted to actually require background checks now for uh, petitioners. Um, some guys are butthurt about it. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I did that back in 2004, back when I joined Pennsylvania. And uh, let's see here. We did a um, a council festival this past Saturday. Um, where we had some discussions, some seminars, um, and I conferred the select master, uh, the past masters of my lodge. I met with them. For some reason, they seem to think I should be master next year after 17 years of finally being a master. And yeah, that's about it. Oh, so you'll, um, You'll find out about the Past Masters Society. Well, I mean, I, I kind of already get the gist of it because I'm a past all the other things. Mm -hmm. Right? So, we these things already kind of exist. But 
yeah, I, you know, assuming I get elected, uh, I'm going to get, and it's funny because this, this is going to be a very fast time because I'm going to get elected on a Tuesday. That Thursday will be the past, the, the past, uh, master degree. And then next Saturday I'm getting installed. So in November, uh, December. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, all of our installations are in December or January. So about the, uh, so the background check thing, cause that comes up here every couple of years. And it's just, it, it's just criminal here. Um, yep. the, so we keep shooting it down, but the reason we keep shooting it down, it, it's, it's kind of fun. So nobody actually has any issues with a background check requirement or well, some tiny minority do. We're all, we're all about it. Fine. But the issue that keeps coming up is every time it gets presented, it's always somehow a monetary boon to somebody instead of, of being just this blanket background check. It's background checks will be conducted at, by this firm that's appointed by the, the finance committee or whatever. And it always happens to be someone's uncle that runs a, a background check outfit in Florida or whatever. Oh Christ. And then you're like, no, no, no ours, we're not, we're not doing that. So ours is going to be run. It's by a, a, a company that does it um, for a bunch of states uh, for a bunch of jurisdictions, but it's going to cost like the candidate, like 15 bucks. To, so to put this in perspective, when I petitioned masonry in Pennsylvania, my petition fee was seventy five dollars. Yeah. And so um, there were a couple guys who were like really like just nasty about this, and I'm kind of like, and I even piped in like, "Hey guys, um, it's fifteen bucks. It's a back criminal background check only, and eh, like." If the guy doesn't want to do this thing, then like it's we've got other issues with this per probably person because it's a it's no worse than you have to do to get like a travel visa. So right. yep. most of our lodges that that do them, you know, they 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 have their own arrangement with some outfit to do background checks. And occasionally you, you have a cop who's using the, uh, the court system to do that, even though he's not really supposed to, but, um, to each their own. I, I've been asked to do it and I'm too risk averse. So I'm like, you know, I'm not supposed to do that. So no, I'm not. Well, it's, it's, it's due to the, the, uh, the EMR thing. And also it's a big issue because we've had some like, you know, guys joined the fraternity who pretty much, like, already had, like, a rap sheet and then, like, joined us to attempt to, you know, start some kind of con thing. So, yeah, the point where, like, it's enough of them where it's like, all right, well, We tried doing the background check thing six years ago, maybe, um, and it got it got shot out of the sky uh, at Grand Lodge because people were wondering where to get it done at, 
how much is this going to cost, which is always the question up here that everybody asks about every bloody thing to do with the craft. Oh, it, oh, oh, this took a couple of years to get through. Um, you know, there was, there was some individuals who even said, like, I'm going to admit if this passes because blah, blah, blah. You, you guys keep bringing this up every year just to see it until it passes. I'm like, well, this should have been, and I, and when this particular, um, master of logic brought it up, I was kind of like, I first went like, look, I did this back in 2004 and it cost me a lot more than it did now. So just stop, just stop. Cause unless we're, we're actually going to force lodges to make guys come around to the lodge for six months to a year to get to really get to know these guys. Then we have to do something. Yep. And that's that's the other alternative is to say, hey, you can petition, but you can't be voted on for six months, and you have to make at least three lodge meetings. Yeah, and that's the thing that wants to do. I mean, my lodge technically already does that, but unofficially. But there's a lot of lodges like really a guy will show up to like, here's here's my petition. They vote on. They they will really investigate him that night. And that's not just here, that's everywhere. Oh, yeah. I've we, seen that here where three guys talk to the candidate at one time for 20 minutes, and then they go into the lodge room and give the report, and the vote's taken. Mm -hmm. Canuck! Hey, guys. <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> we were uh, certainly not making fun of you just now. Speaking so, of oh, you, Jamie! Yeah. Yeah, background checks. Well, so Damien would come back clean because of the whole jurisdictional firewall. So that's true. Yeah, you don't know what's going on up here in the north. We keep yeah. you guys in the dark. So that's oh, the. Yeah. Uh, oh, there was a. Jamie, if you ever take your clothes off, can you turn the camera off? That's about as far as I'm going, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh, there was a uh, controversial. I, I don't know if I can call it controversial thing that did come up because it was so soundly rejected that I guess it wasn't a controversy, <laughs> but this comes up every, every now and again where there's this proposal to set a time limit on progression through the degrees. And it's come up before with this idea that you have a year to become a master Mason or you get kicked out, which I want to say we have that, but I'm probably wrong, but I, that sounds vaguely familiar. It's fun because it's it, it runs counter to the push to, you know, allow our lodges to work on the entered apprentice degree. So that'll come up one year, and then the next cycle it'll be this thing about mandating fast progression through the degrees and then back and forth. Um, okay. All with this idea that, you know, you get guys, they come in, then they can't really do anything. And, of course, you all know which – side of the solution to that I fall on. Um, but you Give us your dues and go home? Well, no. The, <laughs> our secretary. Our, our lodge requires... A lodge of entered apprentices requires a secretary and treasurer to open. No, None of the other degrees require that. And, oh, okay. and there's a reason. Yep. <laughs> and if you yeah. want to have guys engaged and, and, you know, part of the craft, maybe consider your 
newly initiated brethren as your brethren and lodge members and do your stuff on the Entered Apprentice oh. degree. Well, that's why <clears throat> yeah. one of the things I plan on doing is that when I called the committee to open the, uh, the for the bylaws for my lodge is that we're going to start charging EAs and fellow crafts dues. Mm -hmm. Now we cannot. Oh, we do. So mm -hmm. we do. So in my jurisdiction, that's up to the lodge. Now you cannot charge them grand lodge assessment, but you can make them pay lodge dues. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of. There's a lot of guys who are kind of like, hey, yeah. Um, Ignoring the whole pandemic thing, but like, hey, um, if you're going to be an entered apprentice for your entire time as a mason, that's cool, but you're going to give yeah. us our money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they pay tonight. Sorry they to cut a, you off, but oh, go ahead. What? They pay assessments and dues here. <laughs> no, so always have the only only master masons pay assessments, but the thing is. Because they can't vote until they're a master mason. That's why. Okay. Yep, I don't like that either. We okay. gave out two 50-year certificates tonight, and one of them, one of the masons hasn't attended in over 30 years, but he's paid his dues every year through his brother-in-law. And uh, But he went, he went went all the way through and was master for a year. But so as soon as it was year after master, he took he's been 30 years, not back. So where I am, you're... I feel you're, for him. I understand completely. Yeah, where, I, where I am, your your time as a mason is from a year mass the time you're raised. Yeah, it doesn't not, count your, your EA. It does not count your EA or Fellcraft. Um, now, to be fair, we're ignoring pandemic times. You know, most lodges around me are. It, it takes you know six months to a year to become a master mason. Mm -hmm. it, but the thing is, is that we got EAs and fellow crafts on our roles who've been around for years and we we can't just take them off the roles but the, pretty much a couple years ago the grand like well you know if you make your bylaws you can charge them dues and then if they don't pay their dues they're MPD but if a guy wants to pay his dues for 50 years as an EA take his money yep. so yep. Harlan, didn't you guys but are entered apprentices not Masons, they are. I'm are pretty they sure not they can members of your lodge. They are non. They are the only in my jurisdiction. The only brethren who are allowed to vote are master masons. Yeah, I mean that's that's true here too. But that's because the only brethren that are allowed to you know they are lodge so, are they, master they're, masons. They're considered brothers. But the thing is. And, and this is probably a thing that happened because guys would come in so quick and get raised like in three months that it's something we're now having to look into. But yes, they are Masons, they are brothers, but we actually have to amend our lodge bylaws to make EAs and fellow crafts pay dues. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, you're you're further ahead than we are because you actually have some flexibility in this arena. Well, again, I mean, we, philosophically, the, the number of times that my lodge will open on the Master Mason degree or even the Fellow Craft degree is almost never. It's usually like, let's run upstairs. We have something going on. Open real quick. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Because 
we almost my lodge almost always has uh, EAs in the room. Right, and and that's that's how it's supposed to be, though. I you, that's what I mean. You guys are a step ahead. You're closer to where I think we should be than than my own jurisdiction is. But philosophically, you know, if 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 Harlan ruled the ruled the world, and we did things like I don't know, every other country still does them. It, you become a mason when you when you're initiated. Mm-hmm. You pay dues. You have a vote in your lodge. You attend meetings. You're you're a part of the craft. If we didn't want you to be, we wouldn't have initiated you. And and the the higher degrees are only necessary if you want to hold a uh, some position in the lodge. So if you aspire to you know be an officer of the lodge or you know. Uh, obviously the master or, you know, some other limited circumstances where you're required to be a master Mason. But otherwise, if, if a guy wants to spend his life as an entered apprentice, we shouldn't encourage that, but he's still a brother. Like, yeah. And, you know, I've got 25 year, a 25 year member on my books. Who's an entered apprentice. But I don't have the I don't have the book cleaning problem. It sounds like Chuck has because our REAs have to pay the same dues and assessments as anybody else. So, you know, the ones that don't pay get suspended like anybody else. And then they're gone. You're so, not doing any work for them. Yeah. Anymore. So I don't I don't have a huge <laughs> list of EAs that I just never hear from again. So like all the ones I have are either new or have been paying dues for a long time. Yeah, like that. That's the thing. Like we want to. Well, a lot of us are trying to get them to start paying dues because. There was a uh, couple of years ago where Prince Grand like like the Grand Lodge was like, look, if you have EAs and fellow crafts who haven't gotten degree, who haven't like shown up to your lodge in like five years, we're just going to assume that they're gone. Yep. Um. And the and the, I said the only reason they can't vote is because the Grand Lodge does not the the Grand Lodge does not tax them. Because if the Grand Lodge decided to oppose their assessment on them, then they would be voting members, and that's all. And, you know, that that's, in, in my jurisdiction, that's why they're not voting members, is because the Grand Lodge does not, like, they cannot be installed as an officer as an EA or fellow craft. They can sit there pro tem. So, like, next year, my my senior uh, steward is going to be a fellow craft. But, he will be installed like the, his first meeting after he gets his master mason degree, but he's doing the job. Oh, okay, but he's not but, not, not on paper. I mean, but they, <clears throat> and, and they're okay with that for stewards. After stewards are not okay. That, uh, stewards and marshal, they're like, yeah, whatever, fine. You're not doing anything anyway. Yeah, right. Well, the stewards are making. Are, they have some ritual work, but they're we're bitches. The stewards are the bitches, which, yeah, which is yeah. why I currently but, am. Thing is. They're not because they're not doing because they're not paying the grand assessment. That's why they can't vote. Like because any master mason is entitled to vote, and that's pretty much the, the grand thing. But again, like for them to be even pay lodge dues, which we, we got a couple guys who have been around for a couple of years who do come around, like you know. We're gonna start charging dues, because mm. well, you should because they're members of your lodge. 
Yeah. yeah, they're coming to your lodge. They're 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 enjoying the benefits of masonry. They should but, contribute the same. And I also have this this vision of this is how it should be because it removes the it removes the incentive to rush guys through the degrees. So mm. then you can take your time and actually try to teach <clears throat> them something. It also discourages tourists, guys who are going to come in to sit as an EA for however long they want, and like, well, I'm a mason. Oh well, because, yeah. I mean, because they're, because there's like the possible like like hey, we can throw we can kick you out for not paying your dues. <laughs> kind of changes their attitude a bit, eh? Might change your attitude a bit, and yeah. um, there is at least one not my lodge, but there is one lodge who is looking doing the same thing. Who they've been a guy who's been in the A for twenty five years. He shows up every night. He has no interest in doing the proficiency. Or even a reduced proficiency, you know, signs, grips, words, kind of thing. Okay. And they're like, we're going to make you start paying dues. And the second they said that, he's like, well, then I guess I, he started working on the proficiency. After 25 freaking years. Wow. Well, good for him, though. He's, if he's decided to do so, that's that's good. Well, no, he's just going to took that to spur him on, though. Money out of me, a mason. Because the thing is, in my jurisdiction, you can't wear a ring or a hat or put an ammo in your car, like, unless you're a master mason. Like, you shouldn't, yeah. And it should still be that way because only master masons can prove themselves to be such. Mm. So, technically, yes. Like, if, if, you know, when we show up and we do a parade, we're all dressed, like, you can wear the lodge shirt with your your square and compass on it. If you do, um, like when you're in our, our food booth, yeah, you, you can wear, just wear the standard thing. Like we had an EA. Like, well, how am I supposed to wear everyone? Just wear it to re- the rest of us because no one else knows you're supposed to wear it differently. Right, and that's the view of the public, and you have to keep that to the view of the public. Like, that, you're, that, you're yeah, just, the, pretentious. When, when we're exist. out in public, we're just like just look like the rest of us. That's fine. I even. Mm-hmm. And I had some past match like give me shit. I'm like, no, f you. Because quite frankly, um if it's a public event, no one else knows. Yeah. And there's no need for anyone else to know. As long as, like, as long as he's not working like on a random Thursday around town, I don't care. <laughs> random Thursday around town and in, in the wearing of a uh, entered apprentice. Well, yeah. if, if he's marching I mean, with Don't you do that? I wear my the club sometimes. Hold on, I mean, I wear my, my I wear my Masonic polo shirt to work. I don't care. Oh, well, I, let, me, let me call Nick Johnson about wearing uh, several aprons at one point. Um, <laughs> no, but if he's a yeah, if he's a brother marching, or if he's a EA marching with the other Master Masons, or whatever, with them, he should be uniform with them because one, it looks better. Two, nobody knows the difference. And three, if he's wearing it in a different style than a Master Mason, everybody around is going to think like he's the village idiot. Because he can't wear his... Either he's the village idiot or he has some sort of rank above everybody else and nobody else can wear it that way, which is the opposite to what you would want. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's going to create separation. In in all ways, it's the opposite to what you want. The point is, when our our Prince Hall brethren... Like that, and they don't... And they're going to realize, wait, do they wear it differently from time to time? Like, and that's the point. Mm -hmm. And and I've told guys that, like, look, you show up to a certain, like, to, like we're in town events, no apron or not, yeah, put the polo shirt on, put the hoodie on, I don't care. We're going to march in a parade, 
You're wearing it like a master mason. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, the, insul- the installation of officers. It's a public event. Funerals would be the... Another big one, yep. Funerals are another one. Like, funerals are another I, one. I, I, I attended my first funerals as an EA and fellow craft, and I was dressed exactly the same as everybody else. Yeah. Yep. We do I, I've done that at a funeral where it's like, look, I know you're an EA, but for this purpose tonight, just go ahead and put your flap away. And that was expressly told to me before it got into a situation where I even had to ask. You're a symbolic like, master mason today. Yeah, somebody, somebody made sure I knew, right? Like, exactly. It, it's because we know we do certain things differently. The rest of the world doesn't have to know mm-hmm. by the fact that we're now on a podcast. So we don't actually have an exception that allows for this. Uh, my basis for doing that was we have a grand master's edict that was voted in by the craft. So it's, you know, it's a standing edict now that there is no display of Masonic rank to be had at a funeral. Mm-hmm. And so I just took that interpretation as the lesser degrees is a show of rank. So Fix your apron. What that oh, edict was oh, really oh, about? Oh, no, we we have no. We what, have no what it was about was a master mason. And, it was about not wearing your your collars and jewels and grands fancy aprons and, your, yeah. and all that stuff. Everybody wears a plain white apron like everybody else. Um, but I I use that to fix the EA situation because otherwise there there isn't no exception. They're supposed to hear. That's how you wear it in a parade or whatever. Um. Not that we have a lot of EAs that appear in those things, but our, our well, the other thing brother, yeah. when they appear in public in the character of Masons, their their EAs and fellow crafts are dressed as such at all times. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So our, ours only dictate like at lodge meetings, and I've talked to Grand Lodge guys, and they're kind of like, like I told them I explained like, like, yeah, we might actually probably need to codify that because you're right. Because the, the general population doesn't understand, like they see our ability with the, the square encompasses the way we do it, but they don't know if we do anything for the other degrees. Same with the aprons, like yeah, that we probably, we probably should like only do that in lodge. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, I got to show you guys this thing here. Hold on. So. This is swear jar whiskey. It's, but but no, it's it's oh, it's bad. Oh, even even if you mix it, it's bad. But I got it because of the cool jar. Um, on the back it says is two dollars. Damn, is one (laughs) dollar. Shit, is it fifty cents? And crap, is twenty five cents? And the top opens up. It's got a great big ass opening, so you can put money in. But it smells like rubbing alcohol. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's me- oh, it's bad. So I had a bottle. I had a bottle of uh, Dan Aykroyd's Crystal Skull vodka. I still have that. The Crystal Skull uh, decanter. I love mm-hmm. that. The worst. The absolute most god awful vodka on earth. Oh my god, that stuff is terrible. Wait, no, that's wait. What I, and, and when I bought this, that's what I figured I was getting the worst wait, whiskey wait. ever. But no, no, Chuck, because there's two different variants of that Crystal Skull vodka. There's like the the lower grade and then the higher grade. Here's the irony: is the higher grade tastes like shit. The lower grade is fantastic. So I bought this stuff. It was like fifty dollars a freaking uh, for a fifth, and this you is like the wrong one. 
This was 2008. And I was like, oh, cool. I bought a th- I bought a $40 decanter and a $10 bottle of vodka. About. Yeah. It was yeah. The, the, the lower, it's weird with that because my brother drinks it like crazy and I drink it when I'm hanging out with him. Um, the lower grade of those two, because there's like the special and then the, you know, Joe Schmel. The lower grade is really good. The higher grade tastes like burnt tires. Well, I wonder I, why they would I, do that. I think when I had it, there was only one grade. Shit. So, so here you go, Jamie. In a wooden box, Alberta Springs. Oh, whiskey. nice. Nice. It tastes like burn victim smell. Oh, I see. <laughs> It's a Canadian whiskey, so yeah. so that's that's about what you get. It is a Canadian whiskey. Yep. Uh, I don't know. You guys make Crown Royal. Yeah, it's a good whiskey. Yeah, I know. That's good. Like there's, and there's I mean, as a, a as a bourbon snob, I I enjoy Crown Royal most of well, the time. You said something that's about my favorite. Lot 40 40 by the jug. Oh yes, lot forty is. Wait, can you get that? I got. I still yeah, can get lot it. forty. I don't think so. I don't know. Oh, I never looked for it. It's a Canadian whiskey, apparently. And apparently yeah. Oh, then I should be able to, if it's yeah. a Canadian whiskey, I should, unless it's a local thing. It's, Even here, like there's coconut beer, which is from British Columbia. You can't buy coconut beer on PEI, but you can well, get it in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. So, Lot 40 is phenomenal. Carry on, Jamie. We didn't mean to interrupt your bond. Yeah. Right. It is something else, but you have to get it from Canada, and I can't get it here. So, occasionally, uh, Ask Producer Marshall has a buddy who who's a trucker and ends up in Canada and he brings, he brings some bottles down when he comes, but lot 49 or lot 40. Yep. But aside from those supply runs, I can't, can't get my hands on the stuff. I tried something over the weekend, which, which was pretty good. It's a, a tequila that's aged in whiskey barrels. I forget the brand. Oh. It's actually quite tasty. Yeah, but it was quite tasty. I would try that. I'm not a tequila guy, but. I'd give that a whirl. It was tequila that smelled so, like whiskey. Like in a world where everybody tries to bourbon flavor everything, and there's barbecue sauce and scented candles and everything else, steak seasonings. I tequila is one thing that I just can't see that bourbon flavor jiving with. Uh, this must be something you have to try because the sound of it is not appealing. I thought so too, and it was it was a nice it was a nice tone. I'm surprised. Hmm. So I, I'm good for one one belt of tequila a year, and beyond that, asking for spades full of trouble. Yeah, if I'm not drinking, well, I'm not a big tequila. Uh, avoid that liquor like the plague. Mm-hmm. I usually drink it once a year with Ask Producer Marshall. Some Don yeah. Perignon or 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 uh, um, what's that other fancy one that he always gets? Anyway, I'm not Don a big tequila person. Oh, Cristal. No, and then there's um, no, it's the classic one that everybody thinks of as fancy. It's the one everybody Patron. That's it. Um, which really isn't that fancy, but it's good. No, but that's my comes in a fancy bottle and it's expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> He usually has one or the other of those at an annual event, and that's that's my annual tequila intake. Unlike the wife who tries to drink the stuff year round, so I always have tequila on hand. I just never drink it. 
Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I have more than one tequila. All of a sudden, I somehow become some sort of Muppet who's crossbred himself with evil Knievel. Yeah, I I and, buy I, I will buy eighteen hundred, and I use that to make um, the the brown one to make margaritas in the summertime. That's about it. Yeah, and I won't even drink margaritas. That's why my wife likes. Bad things happen. Margaritas. Bad things happen. Mm. Okay, so maybe it is more than once a year because sometimes the wife will make margaritas with. Uh, she buys this stuff that is somehow infused with like habanero peppers in the tequila, and then makes margaritas with it. No, that's good stuff. Mm. That would be good. It's weird to drink something that's simultaneously setting you on fire. But it's frozen, and <laughs> it's the, the mixture of sensations that I enjoy. It's it's the burning of alcohol, capsaicin, and the freezing of ice. Yes. Wow. It's uh, wow. And then you throw some, you know, there's there's the salt with it, so it's, it's <laughs> like covering all of the wow, all of the bases. It's an experience. The gambit. However, I only get that when she offers because that stuff is also hard to find around here and so that's that's like her uh that's her her golem guarding the ring right the precious you don't touch the precious if she got me drinking it <laughs> when it wasn't on offer it might end poorly um anyway this is the world we live in now because alcohol and movies and stuff even though we're not on lockdown anymore we're all Somehow, still suffering the after effects. Our lives have just changed. That's what, that's yeah. what we've done now. This, this is us. <laughs> I, I don't get it because the lockdown. I, I, I don't like people. I stay home and I drink. And then COVID happened, and I'm like, everybody else has to do what I'm doing now. This is fun. Yeah. Bruce is like that too. Except Bruce is like the only one of us that never got to do that. <laughs> He's like, the entire world is living my dream, except for me. <laughs> this is terrible. So it's his nightmare. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Um, I worked every day during the pandemic, guys. What? So what? I mean, hell, I worked every day during the pandemic, and that actually made my company have to learn that people can work from home, like my dad did in the 80s. Because it was great because my tire blew out on the highway last night going 70 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. The, I, I saw that picture. Your tire is pretty bald, brother. Dude, some, some, just, some, some wise, whispered wise counsel would be uh, get some well, new tires before they get that bald next time. Well, <laughs> it was bald because I had to drive like four miles on the highway when it was flat. Oh, oh. just tore it up. Oh, yeah. It, it blew out. Like, there's chunks on the side missing. Now, to be fair, I'm glad it was a rear tire. As a guy that used to do accident response, I'm glad it was the back one. Yeah, least amount of braking, front-wheel oh, drive yeah. vehicle. Yeah, no, like, steering problems and, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was a bitch. I mean, the, the, when I call, I, I, you know, I got jacked up. I'm like, all right, I just loaded myself. I'm like, oh, that's great. And, uh, couldn't get the actual thing on the tire off and had to call AAA and 
mechanic came out and he banged on it for five minutes with his five pound sledge. Going, yeah, that's on there good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what rust can do. It bonds things. Yeah. Bonds well, it well. You bring it into a shop down here. They use the air ratchet to put the lug nuts on and not a torque wrench. So they just, all right, we're going to screw her on until she just stops. Well, then, then you're basically you're friction, you're friction welding the rim to the hub. <laughs> Time to put the tire on. Thank God. <laughs> I can't get like like while I was waiting for AAA to show up. I'm like, all right, time to get new tires. The earliest I get new tires is Friday at ten thirty in the morning. That's weird. I'm like, well, I guess it's not not in our pandemic shortage of everything in the world, yeah. but. Your tires are currently off the West Coast somewhere, floating around. <laughs> floating around. They're going to go pick them up. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're sitting in one of the container ships, beside two other container ships that are deployable missile silos, apparently, if you read the wrong channels. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Threw my grenade. I got to do at least one per show. <coughs> so, I own a slight apology to Bruce, too. A couple of shows ago, he was asking me, well, not an apology, but uh, uh, tell him. He asked me if I liked Russell Brand, and I'm like, no, I, I don't like Russell Brand. Or I don't know if it was if we were talking or if it was in the Slack. Anyway, I've watched a couple of his. Show, yeah. Yeah, and I watched a couple of his shows since. Like, I mean, I, I the only reference I had was his stand-up comedy and his oldest British comedy yeah. I hadn't seen, so I hadn't recognized that the guy was re- is really trying to get everybody's points of view and, and learn himself. And de- oh. like, I mean, that's pretty cool. I hadn't known his he was, show makes me crazy because I want to hate it and I want to hate him and I can't like I'm the same way. I want to hate the man with a passion, but he's, he's freaking awesome. But yeah. I just, well, he calls, he calls out both of the two media controlled. You know what I mean? Like he tries to, he tries to even shit out. He gives me the, it's the same vibe I get when I listen to Sam Harris, where it's like, I, I want to hate you. I'm supposed to hate you. You're like everything that I'm not. And I, I can't hate you. No, he's Joe Rogan with self-awareness is what he is. That's probably fair. But like, so close channels that watches charisma and command. Um, and they do a big segment on how he interacts with people. And because he goes into like interviews with like MSNBC, where he's talking to people that have a show in the morning that are both, you know, complete morons. Um, (laughs) And how he deals with the fact that these two people are douche canoes in such a manner that they completely, he doesn't engage with them. He engages with other people and it makes them completely change how they act. His psychology of how he interacts with people is really interesting to watch. And that's where I really started to like him because I'm like, he's just some spazzy schmuck and he's like obscenely bright. And like Harlan, I really want to hate the guy, but I really, really like the guy, despite the okay. fact that I'm trying to actually hate the guy, and I can't. Yeah, I got to start listening to a little more because he is—he's very. Like again, all I had was his 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 stand-up comedy and stuff from back okay. in the day, which is not too bad. It's not necessarily—it's it's funny stuff. But I was like, well, I'm, I, that's not enough to form an opinion. I think I kind of don't like the guy based on that. <laughs> but it was the same way, yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's kind of I, that's I, the just, in the last. I still don't like him. I don't like his politics, but I can't argue that he's 
engaging in good faith talk. And okay. that makes it hard to hate because yeah. that, that's, that was what I was bringing up Sam Harris earlier. I don't think there's another, well, there's probably worse people, but we're polar opposites on, on most things except for, you know, the, the whole censorship of people is bad. And, but he, I feel like when I listen to him, he's, he's speaking in good faith. Mm-hmm. He's not pissing down my back and telling me it's raining. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, mm-hmm. you, you get this sense, like some guys like, well, like Russell Brand, that they're, they're genuinely open to sharing their thoughts and hearing other people's. And that makes him worth listening to, even if. Well, it does, because that means his opinion is evolving. And his opinion is evolving, and he's willing to listen to information and, and change an opinion. Whereas most people now seem to get stuck in something and don't even think anybody well, else's point of view is worth listening to if it's different than their own. And that's sports. getting. Yeah, like it, it's, getting, it, it's getting so. Yeah, closed off, and so. And everything is. So how can you trust anything you get? Like it used to be, like journalism and media used to be impartial, and it was impartial for a reason because mm. it gave the rest of us some faith. I don't That's think it, it ever was. Purpose. I just think it was intended purpose. Yeah. That was its, yeah. <laughs> they used to work harder at pretending to be impartial, what? and we've dispensed with that charade. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, to be fair, yellow journalism is an old thing. It's not new. To be fair, I'm probably the only person on the show old enough to remember Walter Cronkite actually reporting a news broadcast. And I hate to say that, and I was a very yeah. Young you guy. saw it live. The rest of us have just seen replays. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm it's not, been I'm the not, news. I'm not, <laughs> but I've, I'm old enough to remember that, and I remember like down here we had guys. We had, we had the Staples. We had our Dan Rathers. We had our Tom Brokaws and uh, uh, Ted Copples. Those were the guys that were like on our three major news networks that were the anchors that were like, they had that air of credibility or at least an air of dependability. Whereas now we're just completely running in every direction and not getting anywhere. We we live in a world where Tucker Carlson is considered a legitimate authority on anything. So, but those guys, those guys had the, the charisma and the concern about their profession to sell what their bosses were telling them to sell in such a way that they weren't just, they weren't just throwing it in your face that they were pretending that there's some level of, of journalistic integrity there. And, and I, I, I pine for that. Like, I just want someone, someone just pretend like, (laughs) I like my, I like the pretty lies best. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to, I want to be able to at least, believe that you're you're not selling me your your company's agenda and and we've just got to a point where no one cares about that anymore i just want to hear someone that says what i want to hear and that's who's going to get my dollars and that spurs competition to do the same and the good old uh yahoo good old capitalist economic system which i love for so many reasons in this case kind of fails us (laughs) Is our own fault. So I, yep. I obviously don't blame capitalism for that. It's our fault that there's not a market for 
for straight shooting news. If there was a market for that, someone would fill it. But unfortunately, the is, there's a market for it, but they don't know that there is. There's just weird reality. Well, in the reality, though, everybody would would like to be getting the proper news with the proper information and impartial facts. Everybody would like but, to be getting that, but they can't they don't realize that. Because Pardon? because if it doesn't, if I'm a Trumpster and somebody's reporting something that makes Donald Trump look like a idiot, well, obviously that's biased and fake news and the liberal media. Right. And if I'm if I'm somebody in the other camp, and somebody says, "Hey." The president brokered this historic peace deal in the Middle East with the Abraham Accords that nobody's been able to do for 70 freaking years. And he waltzed in there with his art of the deal and charisma and pulled this shit off. Well, if you're on the other side, you're like, well, that's that's some Fox News bullshit. I'm, I'm out of here. Like, well, that's the problem. Though. Right. So yeah. we think we want unbiased. What we really want is someone selling our narrative, but sounding unbiased about it. People are more comfortable sitting in an echo chamber yeah. when they have more desire to have themselves uh, reassured than intelligence to seek other things, I guess. Yes, that, uh, oh, what's the, the, the term for that? Idiots. Danning, Dunning Kruger. <laughs> the Dunning Kruger effect is. Yes, is, it's exactly what, actually, it's exactly what that is. Is, is at, at, at high speed here in 2021. Yeah, everybody's the the expert on everything, and nobody yeah. really knows not anything. To be, not to be confused with the Rube Goldberg effect, <coughs> the cartoon trap which our government operates, or oh. the Freddy Krueger effect. <laughs> Freddy Krueger effect, where you die in your sleep. Wait, are we talking about Rachel Maddow now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mom loves her, and I. Harlan, whatever you think about is your business, not mine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's oh my, yeah, that that's funny, and, and I've been seeing more and more of the the Dunning Kruger phenomena, and, and the more I've withdrawn from social media, thinking I was getting away from it, the more pronounced it becomes because I see it in actual life with people. You can actually see it with unblinded eyes, and well, well, it was just it's so severe on social media that when it's happening around me, I wasn't noticing. And as I disengage from social media, I see my friends and neighbors who are doing this to a lesser degree than people do it on social media. But now I see it. And, and now I left Facebook so that I wouldn't resent my, my, my neighbors, like the people who live around me yep. as much. And that might have backfired a little. <laughs> but... The social media just amplifies something that was already there and allows it to have a larger voice and a larger platform, which makes it worse. Regardless of whether it still would exist, it still amplifies and makes it so much worse. I agree. And I also, I would say it also makes it contagious. Well, that's right. Because it, it gives it such a larger footprint and such a spreadability. It just, it, it, it ruins shit. Because then that stupid opinion that's held by a few or that wrong information that's held by a few gets transmitted. Yes. And then... People are stupid because if it's on the had, internet, it's real. <laughs> I had a Facebook memory pop up today, and I didn't reshare it because it just made my little sense of of uh, of hope in the universe hurt. Was between if you take the followers of Bill Nye, sketchy 
I like him, but whatever. And Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, and Neil deGrasse Tyson, expert in his field, and combine them together, they have fewer followers than David Avocado Wolf is, on uh, social media. Who is and, and who the f- is David Avocado Wolf? Right, you, you got to Google it. Uh, but you need. I don't want to. to be, you either need to no. be stone sober or really drunk when you do it because he is. Imagine a hippie who was given a five-pound LSD suppository and shot the Mars and then somehow came back. So you just described the Libertarian Party of California. Oh. Well, I mean, I think I described the whole state of California. I mean, no offense, brothers from California, but I had that old Midwestern just kind of straight line, middle of the road thing, and you guys... You and a few other states just cause me mental constipation on a regular basis. Well, speaking of Californians and hippies, and before there was a time, maybe a decade ago, when I felt like a a complete political radical, like you know the 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 bill of goods that the the libertarians were selling freaking radical and we've somehow got to a point where i haven't changed (laughs) and now you're the midline and i'm the guy who's like y'all are being crazy like all of (laughs) you in 10 years that it's like everyone around me went from me being the oddball out to like whoa y'all yo let's settle down here why the hell am I the voice of reason in this situation? Yes. <laughs> what this is, this is, the Libertarian Party is now, the, it's the old guy at like a college level bar who showed up. He's only had two beers in him. And meanwhile, there's two different frat houses that are completely hammered, yelling at each other. And you're sitting in the little bar going, what in the actual f- am I seeing here? Like, like I, I used to have concerns about being put on a no-fly list or being called a domestic terrorist for my political beliefs. And now I'm pretty normal. Bruce has made it to the show. Oh, hey, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. How's your kidding? How's the eating of the uh, non-edible plants that are trying to be grown? Um, well, here's the... Uh, they're uh, certainly edible. Uh, well, they're edible, and I already got a hold of another one. So, the other cat. <clears throat> oh. He broke into my basement room and, and got a hold of another one, so... Oh, shit. <laughs> Little bastard. Pretty sure my cat, so I have a cat that lives outside, and I'm pretty sure she's found like the, the mushroom stash out in the woods somewhere. So there must be a thing with like cats, and they, they know where the good stuff is and they want to eat it. I joined a, a local foraging group recently on the Facebooks, and, and you get pictures, people showing pictures of, of things that grow in the woods and stuff around here that you can go and just pick and clean and eat at home, which. I'm going to start trying to do soon because we're starting to start getting frosts. Well, we're going to get start getting frosts and stuff. I'm going to start to grow. So I'm going to have to do some woods walking. What do you mean? You're going to start to, you're at the North pole. I had frost today. (laughs) I got lucky. We've been actually pretty, we've had quite a few frost warnings and we've had some frost, but it's not been regular. We'll, we'll now get frost regularly for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I it was say. it was 29 degrees last night. People who didn't bring their plants in have lost them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which includes me, unfortunately. 
because okay, I was so. like, ah, it's fine. And then I got up to take the kids to school this morning, open the garage door and said, oh, hell. <laughs> yep. So. Right, so now I got to. Harlan says this. Now I got to look up the Jamie's latitude in relation to my own because. We get one thing that's this year. We're not getting the same. And actually, the last couple of years, we're not getting the same kind of effect as we normally do. It's but, not the latitude that makes Jamie weird. It's the longitude. No, it's the water. It's the water. It's the longitude. The longitude. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you're you, you live in the middle of the Atlantic. Yeah. So it really, the fact that the ocean stays temperature doesn't shift as fast. Yeah. Our Spring starts a little later and our fall ends a little later. Like it, yeah. Well, that makes sense because, like, Northern Europe is reasonably temperate when it has no reason to be except for the ocean. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's funny, but but our, our daytime, it's like our daytime temperatures come up and then our nighttime temperatures plummet like crazy again, too, because just the, the sun and the water, it makes a big difference. You got that, <laughs> uh, that Caribbean water that circles its way up to you and. Mm-hmm. Although I hear that that cycle might break down at some point, in which case we're fucked. Fuck for us. <laughs> the, United, the United Kingdom becomes Greenland. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and we get pretty close. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jamie is one point five degrees latitude further north than I am because I am like five miles off the forty-five, and he's at forty-six point five. Because yeah, that's the kind of nerd I am. Sorry. Mm. Yep, and it's unreasonably cold in either place. You're by the ocean. You get to see, like, life. You're, like, by a almost ocean, too. I am... Big, big big body of water. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, I would have to travel up to the, basically, parallel of where Jamie is now that I'm looking at the map to Duluth, Minnesota, and Lake Superior... And and your whole your whole state's basically just like one set of interconnected <laughs> islands anyway. That is true. We're just yeah, we're just kind of a big. <laughs> so there are more lakes than landmass there. So yeah, I looked, at, I looked at the Minnesota. It's like Swiss cheese and like a lot of yeah, it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's mental. Like we're yeah. we're as like much water as we are dirt. My theory is what's going to happen is when when Yellowstone finally blows off, it's going to create a vacuum where the water is going to finally get sucked in. So it's going to go off. And Minnesota is just going to go boom, and we're going to end up somewhere like under Idaho. A whole lot, a whole lot more land oh. ends up in Minnesota, and, oh. and yeah, that's not a bit, yeah. There's there's so many lakes that we've got the the American folktale about Paul Bunyan and his footsteps leaving all the all the lakes all over the the native land. Oh, yeah. 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 So like our, our claim to ten thousand lakes, which is a is a low count, by the way. Texas, of course, has to show us up and say, well, we've got more than 10,000 lakes. Well, the difference is we our lakes are all lakes. Texas, they dig a whole pee in it. They call it a lake and have it legally designated. So they kind of beat us, but they've built a oh. I mean, you get out near El Paso. If somebody <laughs> dug a hole and pissed in it, that that's a lake. I that's think you're that's the water source. I mean, yeah, that's probably true. The reservoir. With its thirty gallons of, of water. So yeah, you start getting out into that that western region by what is and everything else. That's yeah, dirt. <laughs> we lost Chuck a little while ago. Yeah, Chuck felt. I thought Chuck maybe had a power interruption and then would come back on, but Chuck, I I don't know. Or 
he had a power interruption and it hasn't come back. So I mean, they, yeah, uh, it's a power confusion. Yeah, I uh, still haven't been to El Paso. I had this misguided idea in college with uh, my roommate and a couple buddies. We were uh, going to take a road trip to Mexico, and I'm actually glad now that that didn't happen. We were young and dumb and thought it'd be a bright idea. There's no way in hell now I'd be <laughs> I'm just gonna go drive to Mexico. Yeah. Like I have seen far too many uh far too many hostile movies and and uh <laughs> organ harvesting things and but all of El, El Chapo documentaries. And, and and I'm saying this is a guy who won't go to Mexico just because I have no interest in it, but all of Mexico is not that, obviously. No, but just that, the just the northern part. Where no, our border is, I which I'd be driving through. Legal drugs here because they won't legalize them like they did in yes. Canada, and I'll leave a giant. Like, I, if I went to Mexico, I would. If I flew to Mexico City, I don't think I'd be concerned at all. It was the thought of driving through El Paso and and across Mexico that was a terrible idea. I mean, the issue is you fly to Mexico City. Your only problem will be, you know, if you get smoked by one of the Black Hawk helicopters, we've given them to track where the. Well, yeah, somebody, somebody on my, on my, on my plane would be the guy that had the, had the shipment of cocaine they tracked down and take the whole plane. In his out. prison wallet. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know which one of it is, but it's one of you. Hold on, no, that wouldn't make sense. Nobody flies drugs into Mexico. Exactly. Huh. Not on an. He, was he had the money. Day. He had the money. Like, if there's an American flight going into Mexico, that's like the one flight I think you could be sure has no drugs on it. That's fair. Unless it's just some guy that has a little bit in his pocket and doesn't think about buying it in Mexico. It's a outbound <laughs> flight that, that you got to worry about. No, you get some meth head from up on our iron range. That also wants to go to Tijuana for a weekend. And he's, yeah. Now he's got, you know. <laughs> he wants to make sure he has some. Yeah. And now that we've made our do fun of Mexico, much like we did with Canada. Uh, if yes. any of you brethren out there are uh, are Mexican Masons, why don't you uh, why don't you hit us up and come tell us all the reasons why we made fun of you are perfectly justified, like Jamie did. <laughs> exactly. Um, we we've had a guest on the show that has several uh, both family and friends and brethren in uh, Mexico City, um, so that could probably be arranged. Plus, I really just want to talk to a. A Mexican Mason on the show because you guys have like a whole different craft down there. Um, Do they? I, I've got yeah. so we got a guy in our lodge. I love this guy, uh, but he, you know, he joined the craft here, but he's he's an immigrant. And the night he was raised, amidst all of the tears and you know disbelief on his part, he was he was telling this tale that like I don't know how to describe it. Essentially. Being a Mason in Mexico is a much bigger deal than it is here. Like it's, it's a, uh, I guess it's a much tighter lodge, so to speak. Um, and I have, and, to, I have to imagine from all the back and forth I see on Facebook Masonic groups that Africa is a same similar animal due to, frankly, due to British imperialism. And that getting in a Masonic lodge in in the African continent, uh, whether it's sub or or proper Saharan Africa, 
is apparently the same way where it's like this amazingly giant, giant, giant deal. And it should be everywhere. But, you know, we then, then America, we create the shrine and turn it into a tune cir circus. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be I, a shrine. I'd be starting, starting my campaign to end the shrine. By the way, John, I'm, I'm oh. trying to get my lodge to have a Hooter girl and poker night uh, as part of our after lodge soiree. And we're just yeah, gonna, as long as you gavel it closed, it's not officially lodge. So yeah, we're we're just gonna replace the shrine and then with lodge and be like, yeah, you don't need that. Look, we got funny hats, we got card games, we got the liquor, we got the dancing gals. What do you need the shrine for? <laughs> Come to lodge. Just to circumvent all the fun stuff. Uh, well, or you know, to recreate our. Our lodge's history from the 19th century. From the 19th century, yeah, <laughs> from, from what it was, which is why Shrine was created because those guys remembered it, and then they's like, yeah, you know, we, we want to do this too. Back yeah. in my day, we went to lodge and enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, I get. Wait, I really? Get I want to do that too. Let's start a club. Right. This was our first night uh, for us since COVID that we actually were able to have refreshment after lodge, which is why I was running so much later than usual tonight. But we yeah. actually got to sit down and, and, and we'll stand around anyway and have some coffee and tea and a little bit of something bite to eat and go home. That's not have been drinking any liquor. No, no, not driving. I didn't drive it anyway. I was carpooled, but no, no. Canada has, Canada doesn't have prohibition. Does it? That was what I was poking fun at. Oh no, we don't have any prohibition. Name of yeah. No. Yeah. Cause Harlan's in Western Pennsylvania where they are not, aren't allowed to have any liquor in the lodge. Where yeah. Like if guys had, I, somebody brought I, a bottle I, I of bourbon more than a few times. Like, wait, when I we're not allowed to. Like we don't have we don't have liquor in our lodge. We our blue lodge. We're not allowed to have liquor. Oh, okay, that's what that's what I meant by prohibition. So, but I think it's more about uh, not prohibition publicly. Any no, I'm sorry. Canada doesn't have prohibition. Right, masonry in Canada. It's basically by the Grand Lodge of the province. I think our province oh. says no, but not not. But yeah, I think like, it's jurisdictional. Like here, it's a. It's so convoluted the way people deal with alcohol where I live, just generally. But within the lodge, it's which is so weird, by the yes, way. Yes, yes. Uh, but within the lodge, it's so our our rule is that a lodge can't have a liquor license or a bar serving alcohol. That's the mm -hmm. that's the text on the page ruling. But if a couple of guys were sitting around lodge before or after, and somebody brought a bottle of whiskey and and, you know, the guys were, were, you know, pouring out a glass and, and clinking them together. There is a high likelihood that all of those guys would be in so much hot water with the Grand Lodge, even though there's no bar or liquor license. It's just a couple of guys sharing a drink because there's this aversion to alcohol here that is nonsensical. Which, again, is so weird from where you're at. Yes. Yeah. So, like, my mother lodge... Baptists is, is the, the... Well, yeah. Baptist I mean, thing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. There's a lot of Baptists here. Pennsylvania, yeah. 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 It's like yeah. it's like 80% Baptist. Yeah. It's, yeah. But, like, my mother lodge, uh, the guy that was... Oops, sorry, I get an alarm going off to remind me that I need to pray to Jesus. Um, my mother lodge, the guy that... Uh, he was a friend of mine. We... He's a past master now of that lodge, but we he built a bar to put into the lodge, like the actual like 
just the physical bar with lockable cabinets and whatnot. Because we got around that, the whole socialization after Lodge of Liquor thing of, you know, hey, we're not serving. Um, but what we're doing is brothers bring their bottles in and then they lock them into the respective cabinets or whatever this bar that was built like a bomb shelter. So we're not serving. We're just we're just make we're just storing it out and pouring it and storing it for them. Yeah. Um, and that thing, when that project took off and the lodge was or the the bar was put into the lodge, it took like all of about a month and a half before that thing was obscenely overstocked by all the members of the lodge, bringing bottles in and going, "All right, here we go," because we're it's not selling it. It's at a modified bench in which we can pull their bottles out for them and pour them. If there was a secret storage area behind the giant portrait of George Washington in he was in, based, you know, in an unnamed lodge, uh, it would also be overflowing with people's private stashes and huh. Um, yeah, it, it's in some ways, you know. I just encourage guys to take the, you know who your brothers are and it's your lodge and it's no one's business. <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's the, that's the official after lodge stance. And, and, and that's the thing. If something went on in lodge, like alcohol was drank after and we weren't supposed to grand lodge would never know anyway, because that's our lodge's business. Because right. if your lodge has the types in it that want to go running to mommy and daddy about uh, every little thing, please. You got, you got other problems than 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 alcohol or yeah. anything else. Please go find a different lodge. I don't yeah. want you to stop being a brother, but go find a different lodge. Thank you. Sure. I love like you, brother. All I can think of is murder and treason accepted. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, exactly. So the magic of that is. In the case of most, okay, I, I don't even know if I'd say most, but the majority of of grandmasters that I've associated with and, and got to know, I think they approve that approach. Like, they don't want to deal with this kind of stuff either. They're like, no. you know, you're, you're grown-ass men. It's your lodge. Like, right. why do you got to make a problem for me? Mm -hmm. like, is the law involved? If the law's not involved, I don't. Well, but if somebody goes squealing off to to the powers that like th they have to do something. Did the yeah. building burn down? No. Did anybody get arrested? <laughs> no. <laughs> off. Yeah. But, but then, I get the why sense am I being informed? Otherwise, that's that your lodge's like, business. You no, know, handle your business. Don't bother me. Yeah, I've got that's your lodge's business. Deal. I've got dinners to attend and parades and cornerstones and installations and all the other shit I have to do as grandmaster. I, Really don't want to deal with your lodge. Like, if you could just suck it up and go away, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. And this is this is why I I have no aspirations for that job because I'm the kind of asshole that would just say that publicly. I, I say, thankfully, he doesn't care I, about our rules. I've been a member of the craft in Minnesota for 20 years now. Not quite a master mason. That's coming, I think, next year for my 20 year for that. But. Looking back on that, there's only two two grandmasters that have ever like wouldn't fit the bill of like, hey, you know what? You weren't the the, the gavels dropped. You guys own the building as a whatever LLC or however you have it organized, whatever. Um, 
And that's kind of the way it should be if you're the Grandmaster and the Grand Lodge. You should be worrying about the Grand problems and not Jimmy Ziphead at a Lodge complaining who's either a past master or a never been anything that guys are drinking after Lodge. You know, 40 years ago... Our jurisdiction is different. They don't care. If it, After Lodge, it's it's a different bag of jacks. Yeah, as, as it should be. But, but I mean, where, where we're coming from, you know, relatively speaking, is 40 years ago, we were bouncing guys out for having an ownership interest in a bar or liquor store. Uh, we've had that conversation. Like, yeah. you, are, you are not fit character to be a Mason for promoting alcohol in your private life, and you got to get out. Like that's yeah. <laughs> so, so when you look at it from where we've been, eh, we, we've come a long way. <laughs> um, Maybe that's saving grace. Cause I come from a, a state that was built by German, Irish and Norwegians. And if anybody can drink the Germans, the Irish and the, that's the weird thing. <laughs> our, our, our entire state was essentially built by, our state as we know it was built by the Irish. So I mean, yeah, I was surprised you don't have ironic grounds. I, you're, you have more, you arguably have more Irish than we do. And we've got we metric probably do. Oh. Yes. We, and, and we've got, we've got both waves of Irish, right? So we, we've right. got the Appalachian original wave and then the, you know, turn of the 20th century, second wave that the filled out the rest of the area. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe that's what it is. Maybe maybe our crazy so stances on alcohol was all the the prohibition. I mean, it was to keep the Irish in check. It was it was our version of what, what yeah, what's the Irish version of Jim Crow laws? Yeah, but when us mixed start running everything, would you you think they'd fix it? But maybe we're maybe, but maybe we're too drunk. To but you recognize, but the one well the ones that got in power recognized your own destructive abilities and didn't yeah. reverse it. They they had to become they, they tried to save you all before they that, could that's get all. into positions of power. So I mean, to be fair, like the like the there's no Irish Catholics in charge anything here. I mean, the three Irish presidents I can name off the top of my head were, or of Irish descent were you know our current Biden. Eh, um, either way, I'm lukewarm. Uh, JFK and he got shot, and then it was Andrew Jackson who was a raging psychopath. So I mean, uh, wait, Jackson was Irish? Yeah, he was. He was a raging shot. psychopath. Well, yeah, I mean that. That's general knowledge. That's the president that actually yeah. has provenly killed somebody. Yeah, he had love for dueling, and he would shoot people if he had an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But he was he so was, you know he's killed more than one person. Probably. Oh, I mean, well, yeah. he was a civil war. For, if he uh, if he had a, if he had an affinity for dueling, he's probably been shot more than once himself. But he's also killed a couple people. Yeah, and we're not talking like the general killing people, like president with blood on his hands that they all have. Like, but, no, that's like, mono a mono with his own hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's mono a mono. Yeah, no. I'm going to get you first. Interesting character, like kind of a human dirtbag, but like you read his history and it's real interesting. And a brother, by the way, Andrew Jackson, which he was Scots Irish, so he was Protestant, which is. But yeah, he was one of ours. Uh, you know. But it, like I said, where you're at, it just blows my mind. I mean, I understand the influence of yeah. um, Baptists where you're at, but I mean, mine too. I, I, I've, I've, 
it's better now than it was when I was a kid. It's like my people like, being angry that there's snow and outlawing yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Lying snow. We really? we still have we still have bootlegging as a crime on the books. Like people can go to jail and, and occasionally do for having a trunk full of liquor and driving through the wrong county. Well, I mean, we have that here. We can't oh, sell yeah. liquor and whatnot, but which, but where I'm up in can't the north, I understand. No, no, not reselling it, just transporting it. And you're no proof of resale. was invented. Well, the so there's a legal presumption that if it's more than could reasonably be for personal use, then you're pretty oh, selling be. That's the problem is you have so many Irish in your neck of the week where it's like personal use. It's like, you know, a 55 ton truck. Yep. Um, and so they had to finally draw the line. We, we've got a state. You literally need a barrel of whiskey. Yep. Yeah. Well, yes, actually. Yeah. An old time, an old timey barrel of whiskey. But now like we've got a, our state. Old the son of a bitch are rolling up under an old Ford. Our yeah. state police will sit on the border. Daily use. And they'll watch really? cars go across the border to the state to the south and then catch them coming back, knowing that they're going down there to purchase alcohol and then writing them tickets. Oh, that hurts. Wow. That's yeah. arseholes. I mean, I would do that. I would go north of Canada, buy liquor and bring it back. But I've, I've, I've had their liquor. I'm, no. We've got a, <laughs> we've got a hotel well, here. Why would you want to pay Canadian prices for liquor? Well, because we got like, so much taxes on it. Because we got like two and a half yeah. times the exchange rate. I mean, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Our dollars are it's fine. It just swallows the taxes. They call the same. <laughs> All right, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you <yeah>. both. <laughs> <laughs> you both. We've got a, a historic hotel here downtown in the big city uh, that still has. You can go. They'll they'll show it to you. Well, before the pandemic, with the the different escape tunnels and alcohol smuggling holes and whatnot from when uh, Al Capone used to stay here during the Prohibition era, dude, we got that up here. And, and there's a there's a whole operation that was built to to smuggle liquor around. The difference with us is that network of infrastructure was still being used long after the <laughs> repeal of national prohibition. Nice. Uh, yeah. Well, we, we engage prohibition, and then all of a sudden we have like guys like Al Capone, who I'll have a different side story about, but he buys a very large plot of land in Wisconsin where they, he buys all this land around a very long lake, which is conveniently long enough to land a pontoon plane on and take it off from. So up in northern Just Wisconsin, convenient. he's getting flights of liquor and cigarettes flown in from Canada. They're dropping them. They're offloading them. I've toured the place. It's like a museum now. And then they're flying back off to Canada for the reloads. It's like the cigar or uh, cigarette and liquor boats that would shoot from uh, into uh, Detroit across the Great Lakes, Great Lakes across the short channels and stuff. Yep. And yeah. my, my granddad used to unload those when he was a kid, like circa like 1900 whatever. That's cool. Um, the Canadians supplying everybody with all the, the yeah. Well, here's here's the thing about Canadian supply. And sorry to cut you off, John. I learned tonight well, in well, lodge that 
Canadians supplied 10% of all the resources in World War One. Yes. I buy that for a dollar. Yeah. And we had, we had um, 1.1 million men go for troops, which at the time was one in every 10 people in the country enlisted and went to war. Yes. We talked about this before. A lot of people. Did we? Did we? Okay. Well, we've talked about how everything America's done in in the past couple hundred years, especially the last century, Canada's been right there beside us. But the world hates us and loves you. And how how is that? Because Canada knows how to say sorry. Yeah. The only thing we we could think of. Yeah, yeah. We, We were involved. We know we were involved. We're sorry for our part in it, but we had to be involved. Hey, we were helping our neighbors out. They came over here. We followed them. We helped them. Like, stuff. Yeah, sorry like we, we manufacture terrorists in the Middle East by yeah. driving a plane over and dropping bombs and killing some guy's mother and sister and little brother. And all he sees is the American flag on the back of the plane. And, you know, he's, he's a terrorist for life. There was a Canadian plane right beside it, but for some reason, there's there's no death to Canada. It's just death to America. It's because the pilot was nice, nice enough to. I'm sorry. Hi. That's that's the only thing I can think of. That's no the, the the maple leaf just reminds them of sweetness, and they they that's they associated to that, and that's all. <laughs> I mean the the Iranian the Iranian hostage thing, where it was the Canadians had to rescue our our people. Because their embassies just left unmolested, and the ambassadors walking around like hiding the Americans to get them out, left on the Canadian flight that the Iranians wouldn't mess with. But yeah, like how is that? Everything that the the rebels were pissed about, your embassy was next door doing the same stuff. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 nuts. Um, we need some of it, I guess. I just think we should send we should send our our State Department staff, like every ambassador we appoint, should have to like do a term in Canada. Like, go learn whatever it is that they're doing and, and bring, bring it back. That the world likes about like, us, yeah, yeah. Like, we need to do that somehow. Um, well, that would mean every one of them would have to get the igloo training, the secret igloo training that that you know. <laughs> all of our politicians get it's a 10 week intense intense training camp where they have to go north and they have to learn how to make um a, a dugout igloo which is different than a normal cube igloo and which i'm not going to specify here because that's secret techniques <laughs> <laughs> no what it really this is, is a, this is a great great humbling effect upon them and this humbling effect allows them in no matter what situation to apologize Continue. Sorry, Harlan. This is where too nervous. I, I, I suspect stay warm in the snow. <laughs> I have the security anything else ever again. If I had the security clearance to get into the UN building, I, the the Canadian ambassador of the UN's got some really awesome suite that's full of all the hard drugs and strippers and whatever, and like that's just come, come hang out, come on, let's let's do some diplomacy. Yes. Come, t- come take some mushrooms. Is it in this tub with me? Reverse them all away from Trudeau. Like, no, 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 no. You're not old enough to have these yet. Go on, go on. Hookers <laughs> and blow this way. Kinder care that way. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe there's some of that too. Yeah. That's... 
Because the Canadians aren't afraid of, of their vices like we seem to be. So maybe there's that. Yeah. You make peace with the with our Arab associates by, you know, come to Canada and we'll we'll give you all the liquor and women and whatever you want and we won't tell anybody. Just like what happens in Canada stays yeah. in Canada. We love Canada. We we're all of our countries like they're Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, uh, I guess Chuck's not coming back. So, no, no. Well, that'll happen. Uh, we're, I was counting on him to carry the rest of the show, but now that I look, I, I don't think there is a rest of the show. Well, I no, mean, we're getting pretty late. Oh, we were going to make fun of all of the uh, of all the conjugal time that Bruce isn't having right now, but that'll be more fun when Bruce is actually here. So, yeah, we can get his reaction on how. Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. brother. Bruce done reproduce and uh, now he's got five o'clock shadow and bloodshot eyes and unfulfilled personal needs. Yes. Fatherhood is grand. Sleep and do psychosis <laughs> or lack uh, Yeah. Sleep and do psychosis. Yeah. Yes. Sleep deprivation. It's part of our evolutionary bonding thing. Like Ben Franklin wrote about if, if you want, somebody to like you you have to get them to do something nice for you in this counterintuitive way like some guy he was in a big argument with you know he wrote a letter and asked to borrow a really important book that the guy would never lend out and then you know he did all these favors for ben franklin and then came to really like the guy because he'd done all these nice things for him which is the opposite of how we intuitively think it works and so i think kids work that way too the hell that they put you through like you, you feel like you're invested in them at that point. Like, so you love them because you've done infancy for them. <laughs> so for the rest yeah. of your life, there's always that thread of, I went through hell for you. So I, I love you because I have to, <laughs> no matter what <laughs> yeah. you do. And it's, totally, yeah. it's, that shouldn't be, but it is because yeah. Yeah. we have to remind our kid all the time of how he broke his back and how much we still absolutely adore him and, yeah. Like, okay, great. And then, like, decide to, like, you know, put a gas engine on a skateboard and fill it with ice purple alcohol and try to launch the moon. That's the yeah. other half. Yeah. And, and some nitrous. Yeah. Well, so Bruce is getting the uh, bonding experience. So, where that unconditional parental love really comes from is this, this period of being forged in the fire. <laughs> When it's easier to sleep in the rocking chair with the child in your arms because, you know, I, I'll just, I, I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. By the time you get up and put them in the crib and go back to the bed again, you know they're going to be up yeah. soon enough. So just, just find a way to sleep in a chair with a child in your arms. Sleep sitting yeah. up. You can I, do it. I got lucky. I did. When my daughter was born, I was also cramming for the bar exam. So I wasn't mm. sleeping anyway. So we just kind of hung out together quite a bit <laughs> in the you chair. books. Yeah. They're sucking on a bottle. <laughs> yep, yep. There was a lot of that. And then, uh, of course, my son, the second child, the second children tend to be is, uh, you know, they just sleep better generally. So he was fine. It's probably because your stress level is better. You know what I mean? When you're well, going through it, the second time? I think it's subsequent children come into the world and somehow have a sense that they're not the center of the universe because there's another kid. So they just go with the flow. Whereas, whereas the first one's like, no, this is my world. Y'all work for me oh, now. That's, yeah. where, that's where I screwed up. All right. 
Jump, bitches. Yeah. Jump. Yeah. <laughs> Dance, monkeys. You belong to me now. Yeah, that's accurate. Well, the world that once revolved around you? No, no, no. Revolves around well, me. Because the, the first kid, everything everything's built for them. The schedule yeah, that everything stops. Them on, everything. Their, their nap time, their, their this activity, or whatever it is. Well, the, the subsequent kids, they have to just fit into whatever... You know they they've got to go with the flow. There's already a program when they get here. Yeah. So, so they I think somewhere subconsciously are just more chill, or that seems to be the trend. <laughs> you know I can I can relate. I mean, other than the fact that we have one and done, and we got our one kid, but like for me growing up, I was my mother. I'm my mother's only child, but my mom is my dad's second marriage, in which he had six kids before that. So like my mom was always like. Oh, you're the you walk on water, blah 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 blah, and just like super doting and everything else, which is awesome. And my dad's like, you're your number, get in the back. It's yeah. <laughs> like like complete night and day difference. So yeah. so with the complete night and day difference, you end up somewhere in the middle. I, I end up in the middle, which is yeah. that works. I'm okay yeah. with that. It's like yeah. I have a relative balance. Like, you know, my mom's like, nobody can ever replace you. And my kid my dad's like, you know, I had six before you. I can I could probably crank out a couple others. Shut up or I'm gonna yeah. kill you. So I'm curious. My boys are still working. <laughs> we'll have to save this to ask Bruce because he. Um, so this is Bruce's first child, but it's it's not it's not their mom's first he's, child. He, yeah, and he's already a father to other kids, really. Yeah, he's, well, he's, well he's so, so yeah. I'm curious about how that dynamic will will play out to to John's point about the difference between his mom and dad. Like, right? I mean, what are the differences between this kid's mom and dad? I was I was more going on the the. Because this kid's young enough that you know, because the child's siblings a, are significantly older. Mm. Yeah. I think I think the youngest one's what twelve or thirteen or something. So, oh, yeah. Okay. so yeah, like eight, ten years or whatever. But yeah, Bruce so, does the same thing because they got he has a step is basically stepkids that are teenagers to almost out of the house, and now they got the little right, right. And so it's it's almost like another only child. But what I, what I was what I was getting at is is mom gonna be like yeah I've already I've already had four you know Bruce is Bruce is the the doting you know like the only child like you're like I wonder if it's gonna be that dynamic and that'd be something to that's true because he, he hasn't he he wasn't was he with the other kids from infancy or no. well not no not from infancy not from small he he's been they've been together for a while four four or five years I think. So from that. so from toddler up, not from baby. No, up. not oh, even that. Like fourth grade, not even toddler. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I forget so, how old the youngest yeah. one is. But so this this really is truly his first child's experience. Yeah. Experience. This yeah. is the first yeah. time the other human being is going to literally shit on him. And yeah. Used yeah. to it. And 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 he's like, and, and it's another human being that's made a part of him shitting on him. So he, there's right. nothing more he can do but clean it up and and say shit. Right. Right. It's not like, you know, if I walk over and drop a deuce in his shoe, it's totally different. Like, oh, he can hurt you. He can hurt you for shitting on him then. It is, it is totally different. Punch me. Yeah. He won't punch the baby. Because because That's the right. baby will do that same shit-eating grin and giggle after she does it, as John would do. Right. But don't get away with it, whereas I will get a flop. John loses a couple teeth. Baby gets told, thank you. Well, you're so cute. The baby goes on. I have a grin like a jack o' lantern, and it's a good. It's a, it's a day. It's not a yeah. good one. Oh, 
Yeah, I'm oh. I'm so far past the, the being shit on phase that I, I'd forgotten how that yeah. My nephew and at some point you're just like <sighs> my nephew who's also you can't feel grateful for him, but you can't like, feel bad. Uh so like, many times. He's having his kid in like two weeks. It's coming along and he another brother actually. And uh yeah, I've he lived with us for about a year when Jack was like five or six, and so he got used to like a t- like a small busybody running around. I'm like, oh no, different bag of Jacks when you have this thing that just eats and shits. That's its only purpose in life. Yeah. Food goes in, food goes out, naps. Food goes in, food goes out, naps. Food goes in, comes out at either end, usually on you. It falls asleep, and now you have to clean not only yourself, but then the it, little... It. The, the thing oh, that like just your day. That's the uh, that's the the philosophical human journey, right? <laughs> from from the you know the most sinful, selfish thing you could be, which is an infant who <laughs> literally never thinks of anything but, yourself. but their own. Right? That that's how we come yeah. into the world, yeah. and human progress is about. From from that day, getting a little bit better as you grow older and thinking of other people a little bit more day by day. You hope. Um, well, yeah. Well, that's the the development thing, and there, there's a Masonic tie there. I was trying to make. I made it poorly, but that's the that's the the self progress um, or the from rough to polished. Yeah. So, like in my own, you know, my own back. We don't we don't have a. Uh, there's no doctrine of like original sin, so to speak, other than the original sin is, you know, you're born as this utterly selfish creature who who takes everything and gives nothing. And and then you, you morph from that. Shit. Well, yeah, you morph from that into a parent who then can give that to the next creature who can. It's not their fault, right? An infant's just not capable of thinking of anything but their own immediate needs and that you fill them. Um, It's a... There's a commentary to be had there that it's too late for me to make succinctly, but I like like watching it. Like, I like seeing people with new babies and then look at my kids and then look at, you know, the old guys at the lodge, the ones who managed to do that self-development through many decades. You know, we, we all got the old guy at the lodge that's like, you know, his whole life revolves around taking care of other people all the time. It's what he likes to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just looking at the progress from one to the other and then doing a spot check on myself and usually being disappointed. But um, <laughs> welcome my world. My my uh, my spiritual development is kind of like my 401k where maybe I'm going to get there, but I'm not quite where I should be at my age. <laughs> see harlan that's why i'm that's why i'm making the hard fast stab at an mdiv i'm just you know i'm i'm hedging my bets i didn't tell the wife i just dumped everything we own into bitcoin and pray <laughs> <laughs> if i'd done that five years ago it would have worked out yeah it would have yeah, worked out didn't you lose like your password for bitcoin and all that other stuff and because we've had this no. discussion. No, it's worse than that. I, I sold all of my Bitcoin. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, no, it was yeah, okay. That's you you f***ed up more, worse than I thought. Yep. 
Yeah, if I had just lost the password, there would be some hope that that maybe I could recover. Eventually it. recover it, but now and now it's gone. Uh, and I thought I was so smart. I, I laughed at all of the idiots that just paid me thirty bucks a piece for fake internet money. Morons. <laughs> and now, dun dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> Although, again, in my defense. I paid nothing for them. I mined them with a desktop CPU. Like, I turned some overnight CPU cycles into a thousand bucks. Like, that's pretty admirable. Yeah. Still money for nothing. Money for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So at the time, you know, knowing only what was available to be known then, I still think it was a smart move. It just turned out to be the most stupid move of my life later. When more information became available. Yep. That problem that future Harlan had. Yeah. Yeah. He found yeah. it and um, it sucked. <laughs> like if I could go back somehow. <laughs> Stop Harlan, you. Harlan, I, I feel for you. Cause there's nobody I hate. Nobody current me hates more than past me. When I look back and go, what were you doing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the real reason that time travel Maybe it's been invented and then it gets uninvented because every time traveler goes back and inadvertently kills themselves. <laughs> Rage. Like, I would probably, I would try to beat the shit out of myself and I would have made it here. Yeah. Yeah. So then the time machine gets uninvented and then, and then there's, yeah. and then there's never, the universe solves its own paradox. <laughs> uh. Oh my. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess wow. we should put a lid on this and uh, yeah. <laughs> wait on Bruce to come back to us. Hopefully, one day. Right after Chuck gets power and yeah, Bruce will be back first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those solar solar panel or uh, not solar uh, wind wind farms out there. It's uh, you know. Anyway, uh, this has been it for. Episode 286, Sans Bruce of the After Lodge podcast. We apologize. You can find the show notes for this or any previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. Find Don't us read them. Or Twitter at After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. We'll ignore it. Hang out with Jamie on IRC at irc.snoonet.org. Pound sign Freemasonry. You know, now that I've done Windows 11 install, I should probably get my IRC client running again and get back in there. And, of course, the – well, no, we don't say that anymore. Dang. Why do I still want to talk about Reddit? Chuck's on Reddit as the king of no pants. Yeah, he is. uh, We still have the the contest of find Bruce. It's like where's Waldo, but finding Bruce. And does the phone number still exist for voicemail? No. No, no, no. <laughs> I I tried to get that when Jason left. He didn't remember the password. It was a whole thing. It's, oh shoot! It's gone. Um, we might have to do that again. That'd be fun. Just to like play random voicemails on the show. So we could maybe we instead of that we should set up WhatsApp and because people can call that right. I think so. If we want to, I can get us a VoIP IP, a VoIP a VoIP number with an email yeah, with can, a voicemail. Can we- Somehow use WhatsApp with a number that doesn't belong to one of us would be the, the um, question. My, my next door neighbor, good friend, runs a telephone company that does voice over IP and, and okay. he owns many, many numbers. So no, I can get us a number. He's the neighbor across the street with all the... the no, he's my, he's my wonderful uh, neighbor. I figuring they were the same guy. 
No, no, not figured. I can tell you a little bit about next time. <laughs> okay, yeah, um, yeah, let's, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, if you guys have some interest in because uh, you know, bringing fun. back voice messages, let us know. We uh, we did used to have a lot of fun playing those on the show, even That'd though they were mostly Tony. Tony called the the After Lodge phone number like a few twice times. a day. Oh Christ! Leaving <laughs> stupid messages every day. Uh, so the ones that we played on the show were like the best among them. Um, a lot of just. I think Random. there was a couple where he'd call and just belch for like twenty seconds and then hang up. Yeah, we're gonna to, I think we're gonna have to bring that back just as good comedic shtick. It might. Yeah. It might be good fun. So I'll right, see if I'll work on that. that. All right. And until uh, next week, brothers, stay safe out there and uh, don't bring back the Rona. Yeah. Or the clap for the Shriners. Swanja. <laughs> Good day, eh?